It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you. So excited to be with you on this Thursday here, taking your calls, questions, and comments about the Bible and Christianity. If you'd like to join me on the air, that's really what this program is all about. If you'd like to call in with your question, 303-690-3000. That's the number for, uh, just one number for everybody to call, 303-690-3000. Welcome to all of you listening on Grace FM in Colorado and Wyoming, and all of you listening on Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Welcome to you as well. We really appreciate you tuning in, and would love to have you join us here on the air with your question. Again, 303-690-3000, and if you prefer to text your question, you can do so at 720-336-0897. That's the text number, but I'd really uh, love it if you just give me a call here on the air. It's much uh, more interesting that way uh, to be able to talk to you and put a voice at least to the question and a little bit of context uh, to your question as well. A lot of people are somewhat concerned about that, particularly if they've never called before and have folks once in a while tell me, well, you know, I, I wanted to call, but uh, I was a little bit apprehensive. We'll do our best to make you feel comfortable here, and I think you will feel comfortable, and it'd be a great opportunity for us to be able to pray with you or to encourage you or, as I said, to answer a question that you have about the Bible or Christianity. I'm Jason Vandeveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can find out more information about our fellowship at Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com. That's CalvaryChapelParker.com. You can get service times there. Uh, if you want to join us, next opportunity to do so will be coming up this Sunday as we continue in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, getting into, for those of you who are real familiar uh, with the book of Genesis and with your scripture, of course, we get into the subject of Abraham and start funneling down uh, through the line of Shem into Abraham, to the God's the patriarchs and God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, and the line of the Messiah. So getting into Abraham this week, it's going to be amazing if you want to join us. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Calvary Chapel Parker. You can get directions, calvarychapelparker.com. And you can also, uh, if you're not anywhere near that area or not able to join us, uh, you can take advantage online. We have all of our messages uh, through the entire Bible available for you in audio and all of the newer messages in the last year year or so video as well for you to stream or download to listen to at your convenience again calvarychapelparker.com but hey how about joining me here on this program calvary live by giving me a call with your question 303-690-3000 that is the number to call if you want to join me here on the program live and uh, talk to us about uh, what's on your mind i've got a text question here uh, that just came through. Uh, just uh, someone uh, waiting, fa- strong faith, but waiting on God for help and uh, uh, acknowledging that God is the only one that that can help them. And and this individual in a, in a bad and difficult situation, uh, feeling like uh, God is silent. And uh, uh, but again, just declaring their faith and their trust in God. And uh, but wondering why he doesn't help. Well, you know, I I think of Daniel immediately coming to mind. Daniel praying, uh, but the answer to Daniel's prayer uh, being delayed uh, due to spiritual warfare in that case. And there's a lot of different 
reasons. We can think of Job and Job probably sharing similar sentiment to this person texting us here. And so uh, a lot of times it's not, uh, well, always it's not that God is not interested in us. It's not, not even that God is not answering. Uh, there are other factors sometimes, and sometimes it's just the timing of God, but the key is to maintain that strong faith uh, that you have. Let's uh, pray for this person now. Lord, we do uh, just lift up this individual, and we thank you that uh, that they've texted, uh, but Lord, we do pray that you would just come in a very real way as only you can uh, into their situation right now, that you would just remind them that you are there even though uh, there is a delay in the answer to their prayer or uh, to their resolution to their problem. Uh, Lord, to you uh, coming through in their situation, and Lord, we know that you're always faithful, that you always do come through, and so we just pray again that you would just remind them of your presence, your love, uh, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen uh, them as they go through this situation, uh, Lord, and that they would just see your hand, uh, you just taking care of and uh, them and, and, and working in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for your text there. And uh, for all of you out there interested in texting us, 720-336-0897. Or if you want to join us on the air, 303-690-3000. Let's go to uh, Will uh, in Frederick, Colorado. Will, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks. So, so I have a, a question regarding uh, counseling when it's uh, offered through in the church. Uh, so my wife and I have been dealing with some uh, some issues, and uh, she's currently seeing uh, uh, somebody that goes to uh, the church that we used to attend before we moved. Uh, she still drives down to see, and um, you know, uh, I guess so. He's uh, the the person that she's seeing is, is a male, and I, you know, and I just had my it. I had so many problems with it from the beginning. Those mm-hmm. problems were known, and they continued to to do the uh, the, the the therapy. Now she's been in therapy almost a year now, and I'm still pretty against it. She knows it. The therapist knows it. Um, some of the stuff that I've heard doesn't really match what I hear from the pulpit. And mm-hmm. I, I just at what point is that? Should that be allowed? Or, or I guess not. Should be allowed. I guess a better question would be: Is that a, is that common to where? therapy yeah. or counseling is offered yeah you're cutting out a little bit Very. there hope, yeah can you still hear me will uh, you're cutting out just a little bit but i got enough uh, of what you're uh talking about to to give you some information like i said hopefully hopefully you're able to hear um i would say it's becoming uh more and more common uh to see churches with actually separate uh, counseling uh, organizations and um you know personally my my and a lot of times so let's back up a little bit a lot of times what it is is you'll you'll have it can take on two forms you have christian uh, counselors that are either uh, on their own in practice uh, or you have christian counselors that might be working as part of a christian counseling group or christian counselors that might be working though they're christian counselors as part of a secular counseling group and then you have churches that have you know maybe a counseling center or they offer professional counseling services and then you have churches that just offer biblical counseling services. Uh, the the final option is really 
what my preference is uh, as a pastor, and and that's because not always, but but a lot of times we find uh, within these professional counseling environments, uh, number one, it's not always biblical counseling uh, that is being offered. That that's my first concern. It it can become more psychological uh, in in nature, and and not necessarily always biblical in nature. That's not a generalization about about all uh, counseling services, but a lot of times that is the case. Second, my belief is that that the church should be providing those services, and and I uh, to people that are a part of its body, uh, if they want to provide services to the community beyond that, that's another discussion. But they, I believe that they should be providing those services to people who are part of their body. And and our personal opinion at Calvary Chapel Parker is is that that's something that we should provide to the body for free. In other words, uh, our responsibility is to teach people, is to encourage them, is is to counsel them. Uh, biblically, and 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 we should do that. Uh, uh, something that's free of charge uh, to the body of Christ. And we have a unique responsibility, particularly as pastors. Uh, in Hebrews thirteen seven. Uh, thirteen seventeen, uh, it tells us to obey those who rule over you and be submissive, uh, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an, an account. And and a therapist doesn't really have to give an account for for your soul, but a pastor does. And that pastor has a unique vested interest in making sure that you do well and they're responsible for you spiritually. And so I believe that they're uniquely in a, in a, in a certain place uh, to be able to be able uh, not only to understand the scriptures, uh, but to have a responsibility to, to give you biblical advice. The second part of what you mentioned, uh, Will, that, that is uh, uh, kind of a, a guideline of ours is that we don't do one-on-one counseling men with women uh, or women with men, and so uh, if in our church uh, we're going to counsel a woman, uh, if I if there is the need for that, usually we'll have one of our female uh, uh, folks, uh, one of the mature ladies, counsel uh, my wife or somebody else counsel one of these ladies. Or if I do need to be present for that, uh, I would be present there with uh, with another female uh, counselor uh, to be able to counsel a woman. I wouldn't do that one on one, just for a, a variety of different uh, obvious reasons um, right. so I, I, does that does that address what you're what you're talking about it does it, it, you know and, uh, and and I don't want to take up uh, this is a newer uh, a newer church they're growing and everything the the person who's counseling her is not a licensed therapist in fact I believe is a registered nurse uh, with some counseling with a counseling background at, at, at some point in his journey um, and uh, and so this is not a service it's not even a counselor this is just another member of the church and mm-hmm. I mean I, right. I, 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 I I have a problem thinking that I'm wrong in thinking that there's multiple things that I can see that are wrong with that. Yeah, you're, again, you're talking about a situation that is probably even more questionable because you're just dealing with another person um, who, for whatever reason, um, your wife has chosen or, or another person, for whatever reason, has put themselves in that position of, of being a counselor, and that, that causes a little bit more concern as well. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, and that's, that's, that's what I thought. It's just mainly that when the counsel doesn't match what I understand, what I hear from the pulpit, I kind of feel like the counseling was, I, you know, begrudgingly agreed to it on good faith, thinking, well, at least it'll match what I hear, and it even then it doesn't. And yeah. That's all, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. 
You bet, and Will, I, I would just encourage you, you know, since you have transitioned churches anyway, uh, that if you guys are, you know, if your wife is needing counseling, and by the way, I'm not a fan of this ongoing therapy anyway, because what I've found, even with the most difficult situations, uh, most things can be said in, in one or two times, and, and then it's it's just a matter of if a person's going to do it or not. There's not really anything new that needs to be talked about or said, so this prolonged counseling is, you know, uh, is, is unnecessary in most cases anyway. I agree. Thank you so and much. You betcha. Hey, God bless you, Will. Thanks for calling. Hey, folks. Appreciate uh, you tuning in, folks, in uh, Colorado on Grace FM and Wyoming, for that matter, on Grace FM. Welcome to all of you and all of you in, uh, listening on Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. You've tuned in to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer here with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You want to join me? 303-690-3000. Let's go to Skip in Aurora. Skip, welcome to the program. Do we have Skip? Did we lose? We might have lost Skip here. Uh, Skip, can you hear me? All right, well, let's pass over Skip. If we get Skip back, we can uh, we can go back to him. Let's go to Kyle uh, in Denver. Kyle, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you, Pastor? I'm doing well. What's on your mind today? I have a question. Uh, I'm reading over First uh, and Second Samuel, uh, and I got to a part where... Uh, where King Saul, he consults a median and, uh, and like there's witchcraft going on. I just want to know, uh, what your interpretation, what your opinion uh, is on like all of witchcraft, Wicca, all of that stuff. Yeah. The, the passage I assume you're probably referring to is in, uh, the 28th, first Samuel 28, uh, where where Saul goes to a, a spiritist or or a medium there, and um, first of all, I think one thing that should be clarified for people there um, is is that what a lot of times what the Bible is recording is not necessarily what we should do, just what happened. And so often in the Bible, we're we're learning uh, not just from positive examples, but but we're learning from negative examples as well. And and such is the case there in in, in 1 Samuel twenty eight, where um, where Saul uh, goes and 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 uh, has this uh, this medium uh, try to contact Samuel uh, for him. And uh, the Bible very clearly prohibits uh, witchcraft, sorcery. Um, you know, contacting the or attempting to contact the spirits uh, of the dead. Um, by the way, uh, when we have no indication that um, whether that that chapter was an exception or not it, it is debatable, but we have no indication that that when people contact uh, you know someone to to say be an intermediary between them and the dead that they actually contact the dead that they're not. Uh, more likely contacting uh, someone or something, a, a spiritual entity, a fallen demon that is that is impersonating the dead, and and mm-hmm. oftentimes I I believe that that is the case, and Satan uses that as a way to to lead people astray. So the Bible is very clear about about witchcraft, about sorcery, uh, that those who who practice those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So very important to to not to not even dabble in those things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that strongly. Um, but do you believe that for, was that actually Samuel that rose, or was that just a demon? 
Yeah, I, I think in this case, when you look at that passage, uh, I think that this this was an exception. I think when when you you look at it, people people are really divided on 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 this issue. Was it Samuel or was it a demon posing as Samuel? But the Bible is very clear. If you look at First Samuel twenty eight, it's very clear that it was Samuel. And so then you have to ask the question: Well, if it was Samuel. You know, how could this be true since um, God wouldn't have us practice witchcraft? And I, I mentioned, you know, there, there's some passages if people want to look at those, Leviticus 20, verse 6 and 27. Um, I mentioned Galatians 5, 20 as well. Um, but we know uh, that that the dead are not roaming about us. They're not disembodied spirits. Hebrews uh, chapter 9 makes that clear in the 27th verse, and 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 also makes that clear. And, and we know also that the Old Testament saints and unbelievers, they went to Hades or Sheol, uh, believers to Abraham's bosom and unbelievers to a place of torment. And, and we see that revealed in the 16th chapter of the book of Luke. I believe that God allowed in this instance, uh, in, in dealing with Saul that he allowed Samuel uh, through even these uh, uh, questionable circumstances to communicate with Saul. And uh, Samuel rightly, if you look here in, in, in verse 5, he's questioning him. He's, he's, he's uh, disturbed and wondering why Saul bothered him. And he couldn't even, it's kind of a, amusing in one way, he couldn't even get, he couldn't get away from Saul even in death. And it's and it and it's kind of amusing in one sense when you look at that passage. So I believe in the First Samuel twenty-eight passage uh, that it's not a demon impersonating Samuel. I believe that it is one of the it, it is the only occurrence that I know of where God has actually allowed somebody from the dead to communicate someone uh, who is living. And that's not an endorsement of what uh, Saul did. In fact, uh, quite the opposite uh, is seen in that passage. It's just something that God allowed in that in that setting. Right. Are you with you with me, Kyle? Yes, yes, I am. Cool. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, you bet. So, but I would say this because it happened there, as I said at at the outset of my comments, I wouldn't uh, take that as an endorsement uh, in in any way or a recommendation in 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 any way of that practice. In fact, quite the opposite. Mm. Okay. All right. Thank you. You bet. You appreciate you calling, Kyle. God bless you. Good question. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, if you want to join me uh, on the program here, Jason Vandiver here on Calvary Live. Uh, just got all our lines uh, opened up here. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. That is, uh, that is the number to call if you want to join me on the air. If you prefer to text... Uh, do so, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. Give me a short uh, text uh, what your question is or what your issue is. That way I can process it and answer it uh, here on the air if possible. But uh, why not give me a call, 303-690-3000. That's the number to call. And the lines are open here. I got a text question. It says, my friend was offered a job to play music at a gay wedding. Uh, should he do it? Uh, obviously, this has become a, a more and more common common question and uh and, and my my answer to that is a resoundingly absolutely not um when we when we take part in a wedding there's several things that are happening first of all uh a, a, the marriage uh is designed to be a picture of Christ and the church and so for immorality to be to be present at a wedding is 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 really kind of the height of uh, of of 
misrepresenting uh, what God has has uh, ordained and what God has designed. And when we go to a wedding, uh, what we're doing is we're we're there and we're saying that we agree with this. In fact, in a lot of ceremonies, uh, there is there is a question that is posed even to uh, to the audience. Uh, if there is any reason that anybody knows why these two shouldn't be joined together, that is to the witnesses that are there uh, at that wedding, signifying that they are in agreement with the union that is about to take place. And so when we go to a wedding as attendees or when we take part as an officiant or uh, as a musician uh, or or in any fashion, uh, we are, are basically giving credence to that. We're, we're showing support uh, for that union. And that's why uh, that's where we need to to draw a very hard line as believers. We can love people. We can say we love you, but we don't support what you're doing. Uh, we don't uh, uh, support uh, this uh, this union if it's a friend. Now, if it's in the case of a of a job, uh, which is what this question entails, uh, then then definitely not. And uh, as Christians, uh, we don't check uh, our beliefs uh, when we get to the office or or in the workplace. So hopefully that uh, that helps you out with. With that question there 303-690-3000 let's go to john in denver john welcome to the program uh, good afternoon jason how you doing i'm doing well how are you i'm doing really well oh, thanks for joining me yeah i t- luckily tuned in just in the nick of time and heard you talking about um the christian counseling and biblical counseling being your mm-hmm. preference which mm-hmm. i'm in lockstep with uh with my opinion on on everything that you were saying and, and i've been wondering for quite some time now um you know with um calvary's program most excellent way or celebrate recovery mm-hmm. i've been um asking what is offered in most excellent way that is not offered from the pulpit or from the church's counseling program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you're bringing up a kind of a unique uh, aspect of counseling and and more like the group. And if you have your radio, I can hear, hear some uh, feedback in the background. If you do have uh, your radio close by, if you could turn that down a little bit so we don't get that feedback there. But uh, um, John, so now we get into some of these other groups, uh, most excellent way, uh, drug and alcohol recovery type uh, programs. I, I think the answer to that is it's a little bit different situation than the one-on-one situation we were talking about earlier. I think that there are invan- advantages to those kinds of groups uh, when they're done uh, in the right way. And, and I believe that uh, where that's being done, uh, most excellent way, everything I've heard about it is 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 very positive. Typically what you have in that environment is obviously uh, you have uh, leaders uh, that are, are uh, trained and, and and qualified in the church uh, to be able to lead groups uh, of people in in recovery and in moving forward in Jesus Christ. And I, I see a lot of those groups as an additional Bible study opportunity uh, with a very distinct emphasis. And, and that's how I see, and, and also an accountability emphasis. And I think in a group setting like that where you have, you know, 5, 10, 20, or even more sometimes in, in some of those groups, uh, 
it, it's a little bit different situation than than the one-on-one -on -one situation talk, uh, we talked about earlier. So I see an advantage to that with the right leader, uh, with the right focus on the Word of God, uh, being able to help people uh, while they continue to struggle. Uh, because if they come in, in, in and talk to me, I'm going to encourage them. Uh, but it's also nice to have somebody that daily is going to be walking alongside of them and, and, and encouraging them or, or maybe weekly uh, in a weekly meeting or something like that. Okay, you were you know, very precise with your with your reply, um, and I, I wouldn't say as I, I disagree. I've not I've not looked at it from uh, as far as a separation from individual counseling versus mm -hmm. the group. Um, it's given me some food for thought. Um, yet, one time for one more quick question. I do. Okay, um, so you were talking about. Um, uh, men with men and women with women, and you know, rarely, right. you, you know, and if you were going to be, uh, if opposite sexes were going to be uh, in a counseling sex uh, session, so, you know, mm -hmm. somebody such as your wife would, you know, it'd be a good mm -hmm. idea. And I yeah. agree for, for obvious reasons. My question along those lines is is that supported anywhere by scripture? Yeah, I, I think it's it, the idea there is, is a couple, uh, is twofold. And the first thing is, is that we don't even want to give uh, the appearance of evil. And so this, uh, we don't want to give this, this uh, opportunity for people to even suggest, oh, well, you know, the pastor uh, or that associate pastor or, or that, that lay leader, what, however your church is doing it. Uh, we don't want to even give the appearance or the suggestion uh, of evil, as, as the scripture says. And, 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 and or... In the case of a spouse, you know, we don't want to create a situation where there's where there's jealousy or something like that on the part of a spouse. So um, I think that that the Bible very uh, there's a lot of issues like that in the Bible where the Bible doesn't really necessarily have a specific verse that addresses that issue. Uh, but when we study the Bible as a whole, we become uh, very familiar with certain practices and and you know there's just certain things that that I don't do. I'm not going to uh, uh, have private meetings with women. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, picking up a woman and driving her to church, you know, say say you're a single man or even a married man, um, you're not going to go and, and be picking up a woman and driving her to church. You know, you're going to do certain things in mixed groups. You're just going to be wise about the way that you do things, uh, just so as not to, to even give the impression that there is something, you know, untoward uh, wrong. And you don't want to give people the wrong impression of that woman either. And so the other part that is practical about that, here, here's what I've found too, is, is that, you know, I, I'm called to teach and I'm called to be a, a leader in the church. The, the Bible calls uh, the older women uh, in Timothy to teach the younger women. And sometimes counseling is just an extension uh, of the teaching. And I find that sometimes women are better suited to teach women. In other words, they they sometimes will understand what is being talked about in a different way than than a man will, and be able to offer uh, maybe a little bit more pointed advice in that situation. So it's it's uh, it's very practical. But uh, um, uh, I would direct you to, like I said, Timothy, and I'll have to look up the exact verse uh, where it talks about the older women, and not just older in terms of of age, uh, but uh, also in terms of uh, of of maturity, and that's in First uh, uh, Timothy. Uh, uh, well, no, that's not that's a different verse I'm looking up here, but I'll have to track it down for you. Okay, okay, great. Well, I appreciate your time, and I also appreciate your uh, precision with 
um, the way that you answer these questions and always do. So thanks again. Well, I really appreciate uh, appreciate the encouragement, and I, I appreciate you calling, asking about the asking the question. Um, I think that these are good discussions to have, and you know, it, it's good to just stop and think about why we do things the way that we do them. Are we are we do them doing them the best way possible? I agree. Thank you. For, thank you so much. You bet, John. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye bye. Hey, folks. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Teresa, also here in Colorado. Teresa, welcome to the program. Hi, um, thank you for answering my call. Uh, my question is pretty much about, like, the Bible, who wrote it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see that a lot of people attack it, saying that it's not really the Word of God, that people mm-hmm. put their own beliefs in there, that it's not reliable. Um, some people that are Catholic even go to say, like, you know, like, there's books that are missing, so I wanted to ask you if you could just elaborate yeah. and, like, tell us, you know, where it came from and how old sure. it, it is. And then also if you could just pray for my boyfriend who I think yep. he has a hard time believing. Sure. 100%. Do me a favor. Hang on one second, Teresa, and uh, we'll address that. We've got to take a break here, short break, but we'll be right back. You stay with us. Folks, if you're listening, you stay with us. Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here with you, and, and uh, you can hear the music so you know. Uh, that means, like I said, we got to take our break, but we're going to be talking to you more, taking more of your calls and questions right after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. Appreciate all of you listening on Grace FM in Colorado and Wyoming and all of you in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania on Hope FM. Thank you to you as well for tuning in. 303-690-3000. Let's continue with Teresa. And uh, Teresa, you were you were asking uh, about uh, how do we respond to people who who don't believe uh, that the Bible is the Word of God, and and how can we know uh, that that the Bible is the Word of God? Um, well, first of all, and you asked about you know where the Bible came from. So so the Bible is is basically sixty six cohesive individual books, but that they come together uh, into one book. They're written by 40 different uh, human authors over a period of 1,500 years. It's written in three different languages, um, yet it tells one a distinct, unified, as I said, and cohesive story. And, and that's really one of the, first of all, one of the greatest evidences uh, to the fact that the Bible is the Word of God, that God is ultimately the author of the Bible, is is that despite the, the different cultures, um, the vastly different uh, period of time, uh, the many different human authors that were used, you get the same cohesive, unified message through the scriptures. And and very quickly on, beginning in Genesis, everything really funnels down to the patriarchs, funnels down to the line of Israel, funnels down to the line of the Messiah. And the entire Old Testament is the, is the history uh, of the nation of Israel leading up and the prophecy uh, of, through the nation of Israel, the birth of the Messiah. And then the New Testament, of course, is the culmination of that, the coming of Jesus Christ, the 
the birth of the church and also the culmination of all things when Jesus Christ will come, uh, right all things, first of all coming for his church and then ultimately returning to earth uh, to set up his kingdom to rule and to reign. And so uh, one of the greatest uh, testimonies to the Bible being the word of God is the fact that all of these different uh, books actually come together with the same unified, non-contradictory message. But but beyond that, I would say that there are internal and there are external evidences that the Bible is truly the Word of God. Um, the uh, the first I, I I just mentioned that's really an internal evidence that the unity of the Bible. Uh, but then there are also other internal evidences, things like prophecy. In other words, if God tells uh, foretells things well in advance uh, of those things happening, hundreds of years in some cases, uh, well, thousands of years in other cases in advance of those events happening. And if those events don't happen, and they're specific, by the way, the prophecies aren't generic, you know, like you may see on on you know cable television late night with some psychic or whatever. Uh, these are specific things that God has has foretold in advance through human authors. Uh, uh, who in many cases had no idea even how those events would unfold, all cases really, and yet God lays out very clearly and then those things uh, take place. One classic example of that is in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, uh, where well in advance uh, of the coming of the Messiah, in fact uh, 600 years in advance, uh, well almost 600 years uh, in advance of, uh, well more than that, uh, of the coming of the Messiah, you have uh, the prophecy uh, of Daniel there telling when the Messiah would come. And, mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ, if you do the math of, of the, the, the days uh, in which, because he, he gives it, acts, it's called the 70 weeks of Daniel. If you do the math, and I, I don't have time to get into all of this, but it's really fascinating. There's a, uh, a book called uh, The Coming Prince by Robert Anderson that you can read on that. And then there's an adaptation of some of that information in, in a book uh, called Chronological Aspects of the Life of Christ. And uh, the author's name slips me right now at the moment. Uh, but uh, another great, great uh, book on the subject, you can see the math coming out likely to the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem there. And so uh, fascinating things when, when we look at the prophecies concerning the Messiah, even down uh, to the timing of the coming uh, of the Messiah. And so uh, there, there are all of these external uh, or all of these internal evidences to the word of God. Uh, uh, and then those are just a couple. And then there are external evidences, things like uh, the, hist- the historical aspects that are described in the Bible. In other words, if the Bible describes groups of people or geography or events uh, that took place in history, then we ought to be able to look back historically and verify the claims of, of, of the Bible. Many times when people try to, to, to knock the Bible, uh, they, they will do so based on the evidence that they have at the moment. But it seems that, that, that said people are always so often proven wrong. Uh, one classic example of this was uh, back in the, uh, I believe it was in the uh, 50s, 60s time frame, uh, there was some archaeological work being done uh, on Jericho. 
and uh, they didn't find a, a specific type of pottery uh, that they expected to find in Jericho, and so they they dated uh, Jericho as inconsistent, the fall of Jericho in particular, as inconsistent with the Bible and what the book of Joshua has to say. And they declared, you know, the Bible's false, it's incorrect historically. Well, what they found is the pottery that they were looking for was expensive. Uh, they, were, they were digging in a poor area of the city, and later on, when subsequent excavations dug in wealthier areas of ancient Jericho, they found the very pottery that they were looking for. So, so those, that's just one example of, of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for answering that question. And I was just going to ask, can you pray for um, my boyfriend that he would believe? Because, I mean, I can tell somebody, and obviously I'm not the best yeah. example or a really good example, but I feel like even sometimes if people are a good example and are Christian and have a good testimony, sometimes mm-hmm. that's not enough because yeah. they feel people feel like, you know, they're being talked down to or they're like, I don't know, you know, they just don't believe. So I know that faith doesn't come because we watch other people sometimes. It's just like a personal thing that God has to do in, in, yeah. in that person's life. So. I was just going to ask if you could pray for him so that, you know, God can actually talk to him and show himself real in his life so that, you know, I don't feel like that burden where I have to, like, always be 100%, which, I mean, I, we could try, but sometimes mm-hmm. that's impossible with all the stuff that goes on around. And so yeah. can you please pray for him? Absolutely. Well, faith is a gift. It's not a lesson, right? It, it, it it's not mm-hmm. a talk. We we don't we don't um, come to faith ultimately uh, in God and in His Son Jesus Christ um, by anything uh, but uh, faith, and, and and that faith is a gift. And so we want to pray uh, for your boyfriend uh, that that God would give him that gift of faith, and that when he does hear. Uh, reasonable explanations as to whether the Bible is the Word of God, whether God is true, whether Jesus Christ is His Son come in the flesh, and whether He died for our sins, and whether we need to place our faith and trust in Him, that He would believe that. What's your boyfriend's first name? Let's pray for him. Um, It's Luis. Luis. Father, we just lift up Luis to you uh, this afternoon. and Lord, I just thank you for Teresa, for her heart. I pray uh, that you would strengthen her, that you would give her the ability to minister to Luis, uh, to know what to say, what, what not to say, when to say it. Lord, I pray that you'd send other people into Luis's life. And uh, we know that faith, that gift of faith, comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so uh, we just pray that uh, that he would be hearing it from from all around, whether it's at work or uh, wherever he may go during the day or from family or from friends. Uh, Lord, that he would be hearing the same message, Lord, that you'd be speaking to him, that you give him that gift of faith, that he would believe, uh, that he would respond, and that he would surrender his life uh, to your son for the forgiveness of sins and salvation. And Lord, I just pray that you'd bless Teresa that you'd give her a peace and uh, just that uh, that grace. And we thank you for putting her in Luis's life. Lord, we know uh, that, that you work uh, and that you work through believers. And so I pray that you would just give her uh, those things to say and, and wisdom and, and, and peace. And Lord, that you'd strengthen her, uh, that, that her life would be uh, a blessing and an example, not only to Luis, but to all. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, thank you. You betcha. Appreciate you calling, Teresa. God bless you. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Let's go, folks, to uh, let's go to Liz in Denver. Liz, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing really well. Thanks for calling. 
um, quick question. So yep. I'm reading First um, Kings chapter two, the part where um, Solomon's brother tries to take over the throne, mm-hmm. and then he asks for the virgin that was laying on King David. Right. Um, why did Solomon have him killed just for asking for her? Right. So in First Kings chapter um, two. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm confused. Like, was it because he was jealous, or that when, or he wanted her for himself, or what happened? Why? I don't understand. Yeah, let's see if we can shine a little light on this. So, so in First Kings two, as you mentioned there, um, mm-hmm. uh, down about verse uh, twenty-one, give or take. Yeah. Yeah, seventeen twenty-one in that area, uh, where uh, then in verse twenty-one he says, "Yeah, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to." Uh, he sends somebody, basically a uh, 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 messenger, to ask Solomon uh, to be mm-hmm. given uh, Abishag to be given to uh, uh, to Adonijah, and and basically what what is implied it's not the the problem there is is it's not completely spelled out for us so we've got to kind of figure out what was going on but but i think if we we read it closer we can and and the understanding of solomon in that situation was is that that adonijah was going to try to utilize uh that relationship with abishag uh to kind of bolster his credibility and ultimately potentially uh give himself a a, a claim to the throne of david in place of solomon and so, so mm-hmm. Solomon saw it in a way as as uh, an underhanded attempt to basically claim right to the throne by by taking Abishag, who, while she had no relation with David, of course, Abishag was um, was her responsibility was to keep Dave, the elderly King David warm, uh, in, yeah. uh, in, in, uh, when. You know, in the years before he died, uh, but she had this very close and, and, and in some ways intimate relationship with King David. Not intimate in in, in the sense that that is often used, but uh, but a very close connection with King David. And so, uh, whoever would yeah. have taken her uh, as a wife uh, would have then had kind of a certain place in the kingdom. And so, it it, it what he's asking for is kind of a sneaky request. What Adonijah is asking for is oh, kind okay. of a a, a, a sneaky request. It's not a very. It's not like coming through the front door and trying to take the kingdom. It's like going around through the back door. And Solomon and the in, fact that he had that Sheba asked for him. Exactly. Exactly. And so. Um, and so you know, it's it's. Uh, uh, and Solomon, in his wisdom, was able to see through uh, what was going on uh, in that request and had him executed uh, immediately for that. Okay. So my second question after that is. With all this wisdom that, you know, when God asked him, what would you ask of me? And he said, you know, for wisdom to, mm-hmm, to, to be rule. able to rule the people, rule your people. Mm-hmm. Um, with all this wisdom, why did he end up having so many wives and concubines? Yeah, and, and I think the answer to that is is that with, with wisdom doesn't necessarily come uh, morality. And, and with wisdom doesn't necessarily come the ability to do the right thing. In other words, you can – most people I've found that, that have fallen or not been faithful to the Lord didn't do so because they didn't know better. It's because they did so because they yielded to the flesh even though they knew better. You know, I, I think of maybe okay. Saul – I think of Solomon, or I think of you know maybe uh, some of the things that have have uh, sins that have plagued people in in various ministries, whether they be uh, you know Christian singers or pastors or whatever. And the ones that I know about, 
um, they didn't know less than they, they didn't sin because they knew less than me you know mm-hmm. or, in fact most of them probably were wiser than I was the, the, the bottom line is is they sin because they, they yielded to temptation and, and that's something entirely different and, and even though Solomon in his wisdom knew better uh, he still did things that God told him not to do namely that he yes. multiplied unto himself wives and they led his heart astray yeah so it's a matter of the mind versus the heart and the will. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so so I, I guess the moral of the story is, would you rather be smart or faithful? I'd rather be faithful. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, absolutely. I, 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 ideally, I'd like to be both, but if I could only have one, I'd rather be faithful. Well, yeah. yeah, I guess that's part of his daddy's trait. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know that's why it's always good to pray, Lord, not just give me wisdom and that was a reason that was a worthy request. That was a good request. Uh Lord, give me the wisdom but also, you know, give me the strength uh, in the, the spirit, spirit to yeah. to to exercise wisdom, right? Not to just know yeah. it but to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. God bless and you, Liz. On that note, yep. And on that note, pray if you can pray for me for for that, so that I have the strength to to follow through, you know, and have God's heart, and and just continue to you know have His heart, and because mm-hmm. it's it hurts. Like when when I when I sin against God, it hurts me. Like I hurt. Yeah, and you want to always have that. You don't you don't want to become numb to that. Let's pray for that, Liz. Father, yeah. we just I just thank you for Liz. I thank you for her heart. I pray uh, that, that she would have a, a heart of David, a heart like David, that, that though we be imperfect so many times, uh, that we have uh, uh, we be men and women after your own heart. Lord, that our heart would yeah. always stay with you. And, and Lord, we do pray for wisdom. You encourage us in your word if we lack wisdom to, to ask of you uh, and that you will give it. But we also pray for the strength and, and the ability in your spirit to exercise wisdom. And Lord, we just pray for protection. I just pray that, uh, that you would bless Liz, that you would just uh, keep her on that narrow path, strong and, and faithful, uh, walking with you, the ability to know and to understand what to do, but also the, the, the strength uh, to be able to do it and also the ability to be able to do it. And so, Lord, I just pray out, you'd pour out your spirit uh, upon her, cause her to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh and just strengthen her, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm in agreement with you, and in Jesus' name, thank you. You betcha. Appreciate you calling, Liz. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Don in, in Greeley. Don, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Um, real quick, I'm just calling for prayer for a friend of our family. Um, her name is Lana. She went in for uh, knee surgery, was expected to go home the next day. Uh, that was Monday. And uh, there have been complications with her healing. She's just been in a lot of pain and going to have to go to rehab now. Mm-hmm. And uh, just isn't going as, as followed. So i just like to pray for comfort for her and uh, the healing to happen. She knows it comes from God. And start from you and the listening audience. Yeah, let's pray, uh, Don, for Lana. Father, we uh, just thank you. We thank you for all of those listening. 
right now and for Don, those uh, just reaching out uh, to you to pray uh, for, for this sister, Lana. We just pray that you'd uh, be with her, Lord, that you would comfort her, that you would strengthen her. Lord, I pray that you would uh, be her healer, uh, that you would just bless her doctors and physical therapists and those uh, giving her care and treatment. I pray you'd bless her family around her to en- just encourage her, surround her with people uh, that will just uh, I- encourage her and be a blessing to her. And, and I pray that, that when that discouragement or frustration enters, in because things aren't progressing uh, as as she had hoped. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would be the one that lifts her head, that you would strengthen her, that you'd be with her, Lord, that you would uh, grow her uh, even as a result of this adversity, that it would be working for her good. And we just pray uh, for her restoration uh, and for her healing and that you would just uh, help with any infection or, or anything else uh, that, that might be going on and uh, just help her to be able to, to make a recovery and, and, and when she does, to just get back to serving you uh, completely and fully. Uh, we ask these things in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You betcha. I really appreciate you calling, Don, and uh, and uh, let us know how Lana's doing. Okay, thank you. You betcha. Let's go to David in New Jersey. David, welcome to the program. Hello, I, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, um, yeah I, I had a question. Uh, I know that I heard last week's message that you had with a young lady, but something I heard with the caller, maybe I misheard it, but I had to ask you, because I, I salivate and like to find findings, and I'm not sure I agree with what was said. Mm-hmm. However, um, okay, so I understand under grace, by the blood of Jesus, we're dead to the law, by the blood of Jesus, and alive in Christ under grace, to the mm-hmm. Gentile and the Jew, whosoever believes and receives. Mm-hmm. Um, however, from what was, the caller was asking, you had stated that Maybe I misheard it, but that the Israelites, according to still in the New Covenant today, are still under the law, the 613, I'm not sure if I know the exact number, so I won't mm-hmm. know it, but the 613 laws and regulations of the Old Testament. And does that, I mean, would that even apply to the new believer, the Messianic Jew? Because I know a few that are in, 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 in Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, so I don't think I was on. Uh, well, I don't even know my schedule anymore. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but uh, don't think I was on last week. So it might have been another pastor. I don't, I don't know what they said, but uh, but I wouldn't say that that the Israelites are are under the law uh, under the new covenant. Um, in Galatians chapter three. Um, Paul is, is very clear. He says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So uh, by my estimation uh, of, of looking at the scriptures, uh, I wouldn't say that, that uh, Jews are under the law. That, that is to imply uh, that, that they're saved a different way. And Paul takes it back before the law as being heirs according to the promise and a part of uh, one new body uh, in Christ. And so with the coming of Jesus Christ, uh, he he says elsewhere uh, in Romans, I believe that he he says um, actually no also in this uh, I'm in the same chapter actually Galatians three I'm mistaken there uh, he says that that we're no longer under a tutor that the the purpose of the law for Israel uh, was until Christ came uh, to keep them uh, until uh, basically the fulfillment of the law had come so um, I don't know uh, what was said exactly whether it was just misunderstood or, or whether it was misstated, but I, I wouldn't place uh, Jews under the law currently. Right. 
So I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I doesn't agree. That's why I was kind of asking because I was wondering what was yeah. stated. Was basically that yeah, the the, the, the Christians are in, in the in the New Testament are under you know under grace, but but the yeah. Israelites still in Israel are still under the regulations, laws, and rules of regulations in uh, from the Old Testament, and that didn't make sense to me, and I'm not sure. I was said, but I listened to the caller and I listened to the question, and it was kind of said like a brief at the end, and so that's what. I'm yeah. Like, hmm, I'm not really sure where that's coming from, but let yeah. me clarify. Yeah. And maybe I'm missing something. And... Yeah. I would have to go back and and listen, and I may do that. Uh, go back and listen and 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 see uh, what was said. But but based on what we're talking about here, um, you know, just here and now, uh, I if that was said, I would I would have to say that it that that it was uh, that it was a mistake. Um, but I'd be surprised if if that in fact was the discussion. I I I'm more inclined to believe maybe there was a, a misunderstanding or something like that because very clearly. Um, you know, Jews are are not under the law. There's a, there's a transition. In fact, that's that's some of what we see in the awkwardness of uh, of uh, of the Book of Acts, for example, and and in the early church was that transition of Jewish believers uh, to um, to grace and and to faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, particularly as it involved non-Jews. And uh, a church that was now mixed Jew and, and Gentile, and so the Bible's, you know, very clear uh, in that respect that that the purpose of the law was to maintain Israel's covenant na- uh, relationship uh, until the Messiah came. But but I think it goes back further than that. Um, I I think to say that would be a problem because it would imply that there was a point in time when they were saved by the law, and of course, right. Um, right. They were they were not, yeah. The, it, it, basically, in the Old Testament, you see there was only atonement. And, and by atonement, it's meant a covering. In other words, a, a, a temporary uh, addressing uh, of that situation, but that the pointing to the ultimate resolution in the blood of Jesus Christ shed once and for all. Right, and I totally agree, and I say amen to that. Yeah, yes. I'm pretty so. sure it was just the human error, but I've been listening to your station for a while, and in these last last month it's really blessed me to just hear the word and hear the washing the word and pray over uh, other believers who I don't even know around the world and when or around the US and when I heard that I was like, Well so let me clarify maybe I mean there might be a passage somewhere in the New Testament that I'm missing, but I, I what you just said clears it all up and that's you know, it must have just been human error. But that was uh I actually enjoyed talking to you. I thank you. Uh, I hope one day I will call again because I I would like to call and be able to pray about something. But uh, I really did enjoy specifically uh, talking about this, and it also yeah. hit up scriptures that I want to look up, like you said in Galatians, because yep. just as you were saying, that's the issue that we have now with you know Jews who are still believing. No, I, I I'm still married to the law, and it's like no, if you believe in Jesus, you're, you're no longer married to it. You're married to Him. You know that. It's yeah. not that we're doing away with the law. The law is good, righteous, can't make you righteous. Didn't make you righteous then, doesn't make you righteous now. Just proves that you're not without Christ. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 the and the key problem with that is is if you have people being saved apart from the the blood of Jesus Christ, and 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 that's a fundamental misunderstanding of of what it means to be saved and 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 the purpose of the law. And so, uh, you know, uh, whether it's a misunderstanding or a mistake, uh, um, I've made my share for sure. So, um, and uh, doing my best not to make as many in terms of what I say. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right.
Appreciate it, David. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. You bet. Let's go. Uh, got time? Probably one more call. Let's go to Todd in uh, in Mead. Todd, welcome to the program. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for uh, for doing the Lord's work. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for calling. Yeah. My question is, um, it has to do with the duration of counseling. Um, mm-hmm. My wife has been uh, in counseling now. It's coming up on four years um, with the same counselor, yep. and you know, it just seems like a long time to sort through you know what's troubling her and um i just wonder if you had an opinion on that yeah and 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 you might not have heard heard my original uh conversation on this it's interesting if you didn't it's even more interesting because it's kind of a bookend i think to our 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 first call that we took on the show where where i i didn't address this specific but we did mention it a little bit i i think that there's a problem when we get into ongoing counseling situations and and first of all the fundamental problem with that is is that that i have found in people even with with very serious things um when you sit down and talk through those things once or twice there isn't much more to say it just becomes a question of whether or not they're going to do it whether or not they're going to follow through with you you lay out for them what the bible has to say and and then it's really up to them to do it uh if you have this prolonged counseling situation um one of two things is probably going on either one you're talking around in circles about the same things over and over again and they're just not doing it uh, or number two, you're getting in all, into all sorts of things that, that you ought not be getting into. And uh, what I mean by that is a lot of times there's, there's all this dredging up of, of, of other things and, uh, and uh, past hurts and things like that that people uh, seem to, to deem relevant to the situation uh, but typically are not that tend to overcomplicate the situation. So uh, I'm, I'm uh, skeptical of, a, of a, a, a counselor relationship lasting as long as you're saying uh, skeptical in the sense that it's productive. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with that. I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, too, if the, the counselor she's seeing, you know, has some kind of responsibility there as well, you know, to, uh, you know, yeah. try to almost, uh, you know, gently terminate the counseling with her, you know, somehow, yeah. because it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem, uh, it doesn't square with the Bible in terms of uh, how they should be going about that, in, in my mind. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, she, it's like she's trying to make her her best friend or something, and you know yeah hey i got up to her and she admires yeah. her and you know i gotta um, run here uh, i gotta run here todd we're gonna get cut off unfortunately but i would i would agree with you and i think there is a responsibility but unfortunately it doesn't always happen so um i would encourage you maybe to see a pastor or somebody at your church and maybe pursue it in that direction um god bless you todd yeah thanks. Hey, you betcha. Thanks for calling, folks. I appreciate you calling. Appreciate you listening. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Calvary Live. Another great show. Have a good evening. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.